Happy New Year, y'all. And for the first time of 2023, it is the KNC Masterpiece on 105 through the fan. I'm clearly not Kevin or Corey's Reginald Datatula filling in, but I'm sitting with former Texas Ranger Mike Bassett. What's happening, my man? I'm excited to be back after missing six shows, but it was <laughs> a great uh, vacation. I'm on right now the Twitch. We only have 94 people twitching right now. That's yeah, a little deviation from, the, from a normal workday. Play a president, swaggy booties, you know, R.C. Bowen, they're here and they're still listening. So I can't believe, I guess, I know this is kind of considered New Year's Day. Yeah, New Year's Day observed of sorts. Yeah. I couldn't believe how easy of a drive it was coming in. I just felt like Monday, I'm glad to be back. I'm excited to talk everything that's going on in the world of sports because, man, it's been a great like week's worth of content of sports to talk about but i just am i was surprised on how few people are actually out and about today absolutely and look if you're out and about whether you're at the house however you're listening we appreciate you rock with us rolling with us we're going to take you to 2 p.m um i believe at noon we're supposed to talk to stephen jones of the dallas cowboys clearly i feel like i didn't need to say that but i, I did anyways yeah um, but if you're listening, always we appreciate you texting into the show on the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053. And on the truck, uh, the, on the text line, um, I'm being informed that apparently there are like 300 folks on the YouTube. So maybe I need to t- tap into the YouTube and see what's happening over there. However, I think everybody here is uh, is here for discussing the Cowboys on the home of the Cowboys, 105 through yes. the fan. And my goodness, okay. I don't know that this, uh, well, I mean, it could have, but the Sunday basically broke almost as well as it could for the Cowboys. And for what you ask, to one, win the division, but two, get the number one seed. So the question I'm going to ask here is, do you think the Cowboys will get the number one seed in the NFC? I don't think they will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, unfo- I'm, I'm excited. I can't believe that we are coming to the last week because I was like, man, you know, adding the extra game kind of stinks. Like we saw teams that are kind of like, eh, what do we have to play for in week 16? And I know like Tennessee and Jacksonville are going to try really hard Saturday night. I can't wait for that game. Mm-hmm. But like, you're just like, you know, adding the extra game, I get what they're doing, but the more games you add is the more opportunity for there to be nothing to play for with two weeks to go yeah. in the season. And I thought that was going to happen, but everything is playing out almost perfectly for the Cowboys. That being said, if you're making me Reggie bet on the Cowboys getting the one, or I'll even throw in the two seed. I wouldn't bet on it. I would say I will still lean towards the Eagles because New York doesn't have anything to play for. And that being said, I just don't know how hard New York is going to play against the Eagles. And I think now the Eagles are desperate to win that game. And that means Jalen Hurts will play. Now, I don't think he's healthy. I don't think like he's 100%. Nick Sirianni says that man gets healthier faster than anybody else in the world. He's lying. <laughs> just like general managers lie, just like Stephen Jones is possibly going to have to lie at noon today on a question that we asked, just like whether it's John Daniels or Chris Young, whether it's Mark Cuban or Nico Harrison, they all are professional liars. That's part of the job. Being a coach, Jason Kidd has said, guess what? I don't tell you guys the truth all the time. I mean, he said that during this season. Guess what? Nick Sirianni is lying. Now, he makes up bigger lies. Like, he can just say Jalen Hurts is a premium athlete who can come back. Instead, he goes, he could beat you in basketball. He could beat you in running. Yeah, no S, dude. You're talking to a bunch of fat people who cover (laughs) sports for a living. Hey, hey, hold on. Wait a minute. I know. I know you're not. 
But most of those people in Philadelphia who are in that press conference are old and fat and out of shape. Oh, man. Yes, Jalen Hurts is going to win all of these athletic competitions <laughs> against the media. But can he win the athletic competition against other NFL players? He never put that out there. He just said he heals faster than all you fat old people. Yes, My Nick, goodness. you dumbass. We get it. <laughs> I don't like Nick Sirianni. I think he's a douche. Well, I think he's, I can't say it on the air. Yeah. I think he's a D-bag. So to clear that up, <laughs> Mike is Mike is in full form. If you Thank haven't you. noticed on uh, on a January second, twenty twenty three. Um, but I won't bet. I will bet on the Cowboys winning on Sunday to be determined. What time? I don't know when that comes out. I looked at it this morning. It's still we don't have a time for these games. Yeah, I think that we're still figuring that out. I'll, I'll have to source that and see if Maybe we'll we get can that get during that. the show today. And as soon as we're uh, aware of it, we will let you know right here on 105 through the fans. So obviously you beat the Eagles, you beat the Titans, and the Eagles managed to lose to the New Orleans Saints. Um, now the Vikings Minshew lost isn't to the Packers. Our guy, is he? No. Cooper Rush, like that's the thing is they were, hey, Cooper Rush, this and that. But the, the Cooper Rush for one, the coaching staff two, the players around Cooper Rush three, they all came together and they went four and one. Yeah. And you look at Gardner Minshew, he went 0 and 2. I, hey, I get it. One was against the Cowboys. They're a very good team. And one, one was, was against a pretty the Saints. good game, but the other one was right. absolutely not. Yeah, the Cowboys the beat the Saints. Not saying the Saints, but the Cowboys won that game with Cooper Rush four times. Four for four in that situation. The Eagles had one time that they had to do it against a below-average NFL team or average NFL team, however you see the Saints. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do it, and Cooper Rush went four for four in those situations. I'm interested. Does that? How does that make you feel about the Eagles? Because obviously the Eagles have been talked about as almost like yeah. a juggernaut. They're a well-built team. I mean, people were granting Howie Roseman, their general manager, the executive of the year in week one because of the way that he had a coup for A.J. Brown and the ways that they built the team, brought in Hassan Riddick. You know, we could go you know, on and on and on. Well-built team. Jalen Hurts has played fairly well, and they've beat a lot of teams, obviously. Yeah. However, when it comes down to it, when they need to be able to get a win around a decent backup quarterback with all of that talent still in place, they lose to the Saints. Eagles are beatable. I'm not saying the Cowboys are going to do it, but the Cowboys can do it. And I, I want this to come from a place that doesn't sound the best. I'm not a huge Cowboys fan anymore. I, I, I'm rooting for the Cowboys, but I've kind of lost that just complete total passion that I still have for the Mavericks. So I'm coming from this spot, not going, go Cowboys, Cowboys all the way. Cowboys are the greatest. I like the Cowboys. I would like for them to go to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't bet on it. But I also wouldn't say the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. They're very beatable. They're good. And the NFC is down this year. There's not a great team in the NFC. Um, And so I look at the Cowboys situation, and I wouldn't bet on them being the one or two seed, but I also wouldn't bet against them going to Philadelphia and winning. That's not a great team. They're a good team. Cowboys are a good team. I can see the Cowboys going to Philadelphia and winning in the playoffs. So, I mean, obviously the question that I asked was, do you think that the Cowboys will, one, win the division, or two, win, get the number one seed in the NFC? And according to 538, you know, the yeah. the statistical analysis and everything website, um, the Cowboys have a 6% chance to win the division, up from 3%, where okay. it was before um, this weekend. And in order to get that first round by, they or the percent chance of them getting that, 0.8%, according to 538. Now, of course, like, there's a chance in there. Who does San Francisco play? 
The San Francisco 49ers play the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, That screws us over good. They're horrible. But, I mean, heck, did anybody think that the Saints were actually going to go and beat this Eagles team? Because, I mean... No. I I did not have that level of trust in Andy Dalton and co. I I will say this. I thought going back to the Cowboys versus Eagles and then Eagles versus Saints, I thought watching Gardner Minshew Minshew against the Cowboys that he was going to be able to put up 24-plus points against the Saints. And he wasn't. Now, it's the question of each game is its individual game, but the question that I thought of after watching Minshew and the uh, Eagles horrible offensively against the Saints is, are the Cowboys that bad defensively now? Or, uh, like, I don't, you know, did did you get a, a week's worth of what Minshew can do against the Eagles and the Saints' defensive staff and their defensive talent was able to shut down almost everything Minshew could do well against the Cowboys? But it brought the question of, are the Cowboys this bad defensively now heading into the playoffs? Or was Minshew kind of figured out after just seeing him play one week with the Eagles. And I do think that that's a conversation that we need to have because starting out the season, especially over the first like month of the season, we locked into the idea that this defense was going to carry your team. This was going to be the front-facing portion of your yeah. team because they were really good as led by Micah Parsons. And then you had the back end. You had a lot of veterans. You brought in additional reinforcements when that run defense looked to be problematic. But over the last month, quiet as it's kept, and maybe I shouldn't say quiet as it's kept because we've all been there watching these games, this defense is not the strength that we liked to think it was, and I think we need to reevaluate that. And we will talk about that here at 11 uh, when we go into a discussion about, you know, how important we see playing your best football at this time of year. You kind of, you know, kind of that cliche of you need to play your best football this time of year. We're going to dig into that, and I think that that would be a great place to talk about it. But yeah, I, I, look, this is going to be a tough uphill battle. Now the Eagles are playing the New York Giants, who the Giants did clinch a playoff berth this week with a win. Yeah. Um, however, you know, we all kind of looked at that and thought, well, that means that the Giants are probably playing their backups uh, against the Eagles in Week 18. Right. Because they're locked into the six seed. Am I right? They can't. They can't fall to the seven, and they can't move up to the five. I believe that's the case. Um, however, we get to a point where after that thirty-eight to ten win over the Colts, um, Brian Dable, or uh, I'm not going to say. It. I was about to say as Corey calls him, but you know what? He's not here. I don't yeah. have to do that. Um, but Brian Dable in his media availability, <laughs> yeah. there was a you know obviously a question that seemed like just kind of a throwaway question. Let's just get the yes and move on form that was. You know, do you are you going to rest your starters against the Eagles? And he says definitively, no, you'll rest when the season is over. Now, is that just something you say on Sunday? And then once you get to the week and you start game planning, you actually do rest some guys. Right. We'll see. But they're playing it like the Giants are going to start their starters. That would be great for the Cowboys because we know the Giants can beat the Eagles. Uh, The other thing, too, is. If Jalen Hurts plays, I would bet on him playing right now, but I'd also bet on him being like at 80%. But I still think that there's a chance that uh, uh, the the D guy in Philadelphia, their coach, Nick Sirianni. I was like, who is the D guy? Is that he's lying and that Jalen Hurts still might not be able to play. That they'll try to get him ready to play now that this game means a whole bunch to them. Because if they lose... They drop down to the five seed as long as the Cowboys win. Like they go from being the one seed for a good amount, maybe the well, obviously the whole season, but like for the last three or four weeks, it's kind of been this 
hey, they're going to be the one seed. And now you get to the last week of the season, and you're like, if we lose this game, we don't go to the two seed or the three seed. Most likely, we drop down to we're playing on the road the rest of the playoffs with a quarterback who's dinged up. And so I could see where, uh, you know, they throw out Jalen Hurts at like a 75 to 80%, where I don't think they wanted to play him this week, but now they're going to try their best. But I can still see where Gardner Minshew has to play because that shoulder, they just might be like, it's just not ready to play yet. And the thing about a shoulder injury for a player like Jalen Hurts is we often think about what it might do to his throwing, which is a, you know, obviously a real possibility that it limits the way in which that he can throw. And that's tough when you have big, you know, deep threats like uh, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith that you can get the ball downfield. However, I also think about the ways that it would limit you in the run game. As a quarterback who is likely or liable to go and run the football quite a bit, it's in fact, it's been one of the benefits of having him on the field, Jalen Hurts. Um, is he going to think twice about going and engaging in, yeah. you know, in some of those runs? Or is the play calling going to change from the coaching level where they're thinking True. twice about whether they're going to run a certain RPO or something or design mm-hmm. run for him because they want to keep him safe because and their aspirations aren't just the regular regular season but the playoffs. I, I don't know this. It's not like I watch every Philadelphia snap. Has he ever slid in his life? Oh, that's a great question. Because I'm sure you can protect yourself for the most part mm-hmm. if you know how to slide. I think Patrick Mahomes does a tremendous job of that. I think back in the day, because you hate bringing up Russell Wilson as a good quarterback, but (laughs) he was a very good slider. Now, those are both former baseball players, college baseball players that, you know, were very good in high school and could slide. I don't know if Jalen Hurts has ever protected himself in the middle of the field. I know he's protected himself. I I see him running out of bounds. I see him getting the first down and running out of bounds. Jalen Hurts can do that. Does he even know how to slide to protect himself? Yeah, and I mean, in addition to this, man, this is going to be um, oh, sorry. It's what? a chest injury from the nine four zero. I appreciate from, that. For who? For Jalen Hurts. I'll have to. Well, go I thought it was shoulder, AC joint. I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure it was his shoulder that got buried into the ground, and and that's the reason uh, that he's been sitting out. I'll double check on that as we go. Um, well, you do you think the Cowboys are going to get the one or two seed? Look, I was I was in that place. You where asked I me the question. I, I said no, but I think the Cowboys will win on Sunday. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. I think the Cowboys will win. I just have a tough time looking at the Giants and saying that they are going to beat the Eagles. However, the Eagles are missing Lane Johnson off their line as well, as well as Avante Maddox, who is a kind of a cornerback. I I think it's their one like their nickel cornerback. So he gets involved in the run game. Some he gets involved obviously in the passing game. And they're missing him as well. It felt like they weren't doing all of the things that they typically do against that Saints team because of some of those key injuries. And I get it. Like, they have been pretty – they've been able to weather injuries the Eagles have pretty easily. And it's not like they've had a ton of them. It could get interesting in the ways that this thing's – like, I I try not to be, like, superstitious and get into those realms. The way that these things have fallen thus far – I think that this they they could end up winning the division. Now that one seed is tough because you need the Niners to lose. Yeah. And the Niners are looking so good. That defense is incredible playing against a Arizona Cardinals team that I do not think has it. Um so yes, I I I think Arizona's they, packed up. They're going home. Yes. And I mean like all the way from the top where you have your general manager on leave. Yeah. For um, health reasons, your head coach looks like a sitting duck, I think, at least to me. You know, your starting quarterback is injured and you're playing with uh, your backup. And then you have all these other things that are happening on this roster. I just don't think that they're capable of winning. So I don't think they'll get that one seed. But I do think this team can win the division, the Cowboys. Our Twitchers, 
are backing me up on the shoulder injury for Jalen Hurts. They're saying, yeah, Brian Broaddus has talked about it. It's the AC joint, and now we have 111 yep. uh, Tuolos. It is shoulder, rocking. so yeah. I shouldn't. That was my fault. I'll take the blame there. I understand that the texter texted in, but I shouldn't immediately back off of what you know. Which is, I should defend you, Mike. Thank As my you. co-host today. I've been listening. I haven't been working, but I have been listening. <laughs> and I still will quit. If if somebody tells me that Luca will just keep averaging 45 and the Mavericks will win every game, I will quit this job for that. All right. Well, look, let's... Big let's, game for Luca tonight. Mark Cuban will probably pass on the word. Bassett will quit if you go for 50. <laughs> <again>. <laughs> look, we're going to... We'll talk about the Mavs later on today. Obviously, we'll talk more Cowboys and we'll talk with Stephen Jones. But and next, let's continue the Cowboys conversation with our Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola on the KNC Masterpiece on 105 Through the Fan. The KNC Masterpiece on 105 Through the Fan, Reginald Atatula. Mike Bassick is your configuration today. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Uh, also, what are you what are you doing? You at work today? Are you off? You know, what are you got going for the, you know, the first first work day, at least for us? of the new year um thanks for listening on 105.3 the fan and uh joining us now are we always uh visit with him and he's brought to you by ford built for texas built for you it's mickey spagnola mickey what's happening man reggie mike what's going on not much we're just a work day right we're we're working no days off and the cowboys have to work because there's something to play for this week that's exactly right that's right so we'll be here today so mickey before we get into the you know cowboys football of it all obviously we just had the new year's uh new year's day and the cowboys did not play um in that kind of run of new year's eve to new year's day so how did you end up uh, spending the new year mickey watching football <laughs> <laughs> uh are, are you a are you a in bed early person or are you i'm going to you know watch the ball drop how do you end up taking yeah, that change i gotta stay up to midnight right i'm not making a concession like oh i'm getting old i gotta go to sleep right no i watch the ball drop and uh, watched the uh, fireworks over uh, Reunion Tower and uh, all the country music that played at midnight. I thought that was funny. Um, are they the only bands they can get to play at midnight on New Year's Eve? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe that's uh, what they felt would be most accessible to the entire of the Metroplex. I don't yeah, know. That's what, that was good. But no, I watched I watched you know the college playoff games, the NFL games, and. Uh, here we are, Monday night game to watch tonight. Absolutely. One, it looks like it'll be a really exciting one, but as you watch Sunday, I mean, were you as amazed by the way in which the NFL slate just, one, laid out from an entertainment standpoint, but two, laid out almost exactly as well as the Cowboys could have wanted? Yeah. No. I mean, it's you know, it's possible, and that's why, you know, everybody wants to jump the gun four weeks ago, and it's like, okay, this team's the number one seed, and this is the way the playoffs are going to work out and this team's not going to uh you know make the playoffs and then who predicted that the Packers would win four straight games and now have a chance to win a fifth right um back a month ago who predicted that uh the Jaguars would be playing Tennessee for a division title uh and certainly no one thought uh the Eagles would lose two in a row with a chance now to lose three in a row so that's why you just got to let things play out. You can't get ahead of yourself, especially in the NFL, because in, in, in a heartbeat, things will change. And we saw that happen here over the last couple of weeks and especially uh, yesterday. 
Mickey, I was busy Friday. I had off. So if you broke this down, I'm re-asking this question. How did you feel like the Cowboys played on Thursday night? Uh, they played well enough to win, uh, but not, not well enough to probably suit my liking. I like that answer. Uh, and I think I, I said after the game, uh, and when I wrote my column, I said the best thing I can say about all this is they've got a 12th win. Um, but, yeah, you would have liked them to be uh, a little bit more uh, dominating uh, than they were, uh, especially playing against uh, what Tennessee put on the field. Uh, but, again, the spread in the game was 14 points, right? Yep. They won by 14 points. And I think when I picked the game with you guys the, uh, that, that morning, I picked a 15-point game. So it ended up 14, probably not the way you would have liked it. And, and, and here is the other consolation for them. If you look at the one touchdown drive uh, the Titans had, uh, they were, the Cowboys were one play away from winning 27-6. And you would have said, okay, fine, right? I think they converted three third downs and one fourth down uh, on the way to that touchdown. So if they make one more play in that sequence, it's a 27-6 game. And you're probably not even, and I'm not even reacting the way I did uh, after, you know, a 14-point win. So, again, uh, look at what happened yesterday. Did Kansas City struggle? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and other team did did San Francisco struggle? They had to go into overtime, right? So I think we need to realize at this time of year, a win is a win, and you know they're not going to dock you points for not having enough style. I'm going to ask Stephen Jones at noon if if we get him. I think we do. Um, he might be at the Cotton Bowl. I don't know. But um, Micah Parsons is he going to have to play with that cast the rest of the season slash playoffs or is that going to come off at some point? Yeah, we don't have a straight answer on that uh, just yet. My guess is um, maybe another week and then I think it comes off. Okay, Uh, I don't think there's anything broken. Um, So yeah, we'll see where where that one goes. But not a bad fumble recovery for one hand, huh? No, it was really good, and he's coordinated and athletic enough to do that. We've seen plenty of times in, in football, right, where a guy's wearing that club cast thing, yeah. and they, they just can't pick up the ball because they don't have the other hand. Or can't catch it, right? right. And then right. they do something crazy like they catch it with one hand or, or you know, intercept it with one hand. So, yeah, uh, he he's rather m- amazing, and he will play hard. Uh, no matter what body part is not uh, functioning as well as uh, maybe you'd like it. But, you know, he ended up with, I think it was two two quarterback hits. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think that the only concerning thing uh, is just that they just can't seem to get sacks anymore. That, that was the one thing that maybe bothered me. It, you just got to do better against a backup quarterback uh, and, and, you know, an offensive line that was somewhat uh, beat up. Now, they did get two. Okay, that's great, but that's two to go with one over the past three, so that's three over the past four. Uh, and we saw the sack fest yesterday uh, <laughs> with the Eagles, right? They had seven more sacks. Is that possible? But they gave up six. 
So uh, I think that's the one thing I think the Cowboys got to get back doing defensively is uh, sacking quarterbacks, not just putting pressure on them. Yeah, especially with what you have in the back end and the injuries that you had. But speaking of injuries, obviously you've had you have a few on this team that we'd love to get some updates on. But before we do that, like. Are we just back onto a normal uh, week schedule for these Cowboys, which would then put you in a place where you don't have much information yet? Uh, we have a three fifteen oh, uh, press conference it. today. Oh, yeah, I thought we. I didn't know if we got the game time yet. Uh no, but um, if they want everybody to play at the same time, like it's got to be the three o'clock, the line, right? It could be the three o'clock, and and both teams got to start at three. Well, One can't start at three thirty, right? Right, and I think that another reason that I think you have to do that is when I was looking at the schedules, you got to make San Francisco play yes. at that time too, and they're they're playing a West Coast game. It's two West Coast teams. Seattle also is playing for a playoff spot against Washington, That so that needs to be a 3 o'clock game, so I was assuming that all four of those games would be 3 o'clock starts yeah, or 3.15 starts. Yeah, right. that's that's got to be the assumption because uh, you want them all to play at the same time and uh, finish at the same time, and you can't ask the West Coast teams yeah. to tell Seattle you got a nine a.m. start, yeah, ten o'clock in the morning or whatever it would be. Yeah. So that's probably what's what's going to happen now that they set the Saturday games. Okay. Um. But yeah, so we're we're back on a normal schedule for the week, correct? Yep. Yep. Looks that way from the schedule the Cowboys sent out last night at about ten mm, thirty or so. Now, uh, within this, now I'm just going to break the form here. Uh, Mickey, this is my first time running this show in oh this God. way. Oh, um, And that means this will be my first time interviewing, leading the interview for Steven. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Um, is there something that you're like, Reggie, you got to ask Steven that? Um, well, I, I think maybe I wonder what his feeling is. Is he surprised they're in this situation right now uh with so much on the line that didn't maybe seem possible um you know two weeks ago but again he's been in this league so he certainly uh understands it uh i mean not only can the cowboys you know win um the the division but if, if they do win the division then the possibility of earning either the first or second seed is is very viable, right? Yeah. Uh, because if they, you know, if San Francisco wins, then they get the second seed. Well, you get a home game, right? But then the second seed plays the lowest seed in the NFC, correct? Um, would that be Green yeah? That's Bay? correct. Would that be Green Bay again? It could Oof. be. It could be. So okay, you want to face it, Aaron Rodgers? Not right now. <laughs> no, that. But that's a tough thing about it is. Um, and see, it, and and you can't sit there and say, okay, I'm going to jockey for position. Sure. Right. You right. Can't, you can't mess with that. And Green Bay he, still has to have quite a few things. Right. They go got to right. win. Right. Yeah. They and win. they got they need losses. Right. From Seattle and uh, Washington. I think if they just win the per, the team oh, that really? needs a loss is Detroit. If Detroit wins, they need Seattle to lose. Um, so, yeah, there's the possibility you're going to face Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Uh, which of those is more preferable to Mickey's Oh, um, I think maybe I'm still not sold on Tampa Bay. I think that that of all the losses the Cowboys had, that might have been the worst. Getting beat by Tampa Bay, uh, nineteen to three. 
because they just haven't been that good all season right now. I know they've won a couple here late, uh, but I'm still not buying into them. I don't like the way Green Bay's playing right now. They are playing awfully well with a bunch of wide receivers that I don't bet any of us know who they are. But it's Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. Um, and so what's wild is he's able to move still a little bit in a way that I didn't think that he still had for him. And just yeah. to conf- to, to uh, confirm, the Packers just need that win against wow. the Packers. That's all they need. And they're yeah. home against Detroit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you never know. Dan Campbell will get them I'd still rather fired up. I'd still rather, Mickey, I think you would agree, be the two seed, have to play at home against Green Bay, than be the five seed and most likely play road, road, road to possibly yeah. go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, absolutely right. I had no clue of this. I guess it just is what it is because the Cowboys why, haven't yeah, won a lot of playoff games is that they haven't won a road playoff game since Troy Aikman was their quarterback. Uh, I heard that on the telecast that they've yes. they've won some playoff games, but they've all been home playoff games. They've never won on the road since 1996, I believe, with uh, Troy Aikman. They beat Minnesota. Yeah, that's their then, last road playoff win. And then they went to Carolina and got beat. Yeah. yeah. Kerry so, Collins. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, but, again, I, I, I don't know – this this many years later, uh, has the league somewhat minimized the home field advantage in football? Hmm. Um, I mean, the Cowboys have played pretty well uh, on the road. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, except for, yeah, the, the couple games they lost. Look, I looked at it, it, the way the playoffs are right now and what what would be the top seven in the NFC right now. The Cowboys are four and two against all those teams that are in that top seven. So, uh, you know, I mean, that that Minnesota win still looks pretty darn good, and they're going to win the division, right? Um, they they swept the 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 Giants, and the Giants playing uh, pretty well right now. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. And if and if you know Detroit gets in there, well, that's another win against a team they've played in the regular season. And they beat Cincinnati. So this is not like last year when everybody said, well, when they played a good team, they lost. Well, they've beaten some teams that have been that are pretty good uh, so far this year. Mickey, we appreciate you as always. Obviously, you'll have the regular compliment of guys uh, for the rest of the week going forward here. But it was very fun. You made it very fun for me. Here well, you today, guys made it fun, it. and I'll make sure I listen to see how you do at noon. Thank you very much, <laughs> sir. Uh, that's adding more pressure that I don't need. Uh, right. Reggie, <laughs> well, Mike, you guys have a good day. Yes, sir, you, you too. too. That's Biggie Spagnola, um, DallasCowboys.com columnist, and our Cowboys insider. We always appreciate him having to spend a little time with us. I was going to ask him how excited he is when number one takes the field for the Cowboys. Who is that? I don't understand who that is. I have no <laughs> idea who that is. I've blocked that. His favorite color is yellow, I think. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. Uh, it's the KNC Masterpiece on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, it is the normal time for baseball nuggets with Mike Bassick. So let's go ahead and do Holy that. cow. Nathan Avaldi, Texas Ranger. I think the Rangers could win a whole bunch of games next on The Fan. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan on the second day of 2023. Thanks for rocking with us right here on 105 Through the Fan. I'm Reginald Datatula. That's Mike Bassick, a normal staple in this room for the KNC Masterpiece. 
And another normal staple is we we shout out to all the people out there, DoorDash from the 817, helping oh. their brother take down lights and put them in the attic, 469. Is that something that you do? Like, when do you actually take down your Christmas decorations? So we took them down the last two days. My wife and I both had, obviously a Saturday, Sunday, too, mm-hmm. but we have taken down almost all of our Christmas decorations. We have the thing over the front door, like well, garland or whatever oh, you okay. want to call it. Yeah. And then we have our lights that are on the house, but somebody takes those off. But we've taken oh, you've down got, like, professionally that done. the trees nice. down, all the, all everything's down. It looks like there's no Christmas at our house now, except for the entrance to the house and then the lights that are still on. Makes sense. So we also have people driving back from uh, from vacation. Um, Chris from Arlington driving back from El Paso, hearing I us wonder, on the app. Hey, I wonder if some are still driving back from Arizona because they went to the TCU game because a majority yeah. of people decided we don't want to screw this up and miss that game. Right. Let's just take the 15 to 17 hour drive and then drive back. And now they have to figure out how to get to LA. We'll talk about that later in the show as well. I believe 120 we'll get into the Horn Frogs. Yes. Going uh going to see if they can win their first national championship since nineteen thirty eight. Derek Collin. Yep, yep. There's a lot of Michigan fans that uh look, y'all gonna have to hear about it. And yeah. you just gonna have to deal with Tim it. Tim Hardaway Jr. thought he was going to that game. Thought wrong. Because the Mavericks are in LA mm-hmm. for uh the back to back the Clippers Lakers while the national championship is there and he thought, Well, I'll be there for the national championship. Nope. He can still go. He well, just yeah, has that's, I guess TCU. that's true, that he can still go. Um but yeah, all right. Gotta root for TCU. But right now Nathan. Let's talk about baseball nuggets. Nathan Evaldi, Rangers sign him uh, two year contract. Correct. I'm going off the top of my head on the contract. I'm pretty sure it was a two year contract. Um, I was really surprised about this, but also really excited about this. So this is a guy in Nathan Evaldi who I actually talked about a lot after the 2018 World Series. He became a free agent after the 2018 World Series, and he played a major part in the Red Sox winning it. And I thought, man, I really want this guy for the Texas Rangers. They were in that no man's land type of situation where they weren't a good team anymore, but they weren't a bad team either. Yeah. And and so you're like, hey, I think he can maybe get the Rangers back to above 500. And the Rangers kind of went in a weird direction. Uh, and and obviously it played out is it wasn't the right decisions to make. And unfortunately for John Daniels, some of those decisions led to, uh, you know, him not being here anymore. Right. Ray Davis yeah. going in the Chris Young direction. So the Rangers sign Nathan Evaldi. There wasn't a lot of speculation about him coming to the Rangers. And it is a two-year contract, by yes. the way. Yeah. Which I really like because he is a guy who can get injured mm-hmm. and he is 33 years old. So he's a you would look at pitchers for the most part. Once 32 is usually kind of the last year of your prime. And it doesn't mean there's a major drop-off. There can be, but usually 33, 34, 35, you start seeing a little bit of flaws. Usually. Obviously, there's guys that are your Verlander, Max Scherzers, that they stay just perfectly fine into their early mid thirties. Mm-hmm. But I like the two year contract. I think he can be plus one, by the way. There is a uh, uh a player option for okay. twenty five. But you're hoping at that point, lighter, Kumar Rocker. Sure. Especially those two guys. Those two guys, and obviously your second round pick who you gave four million dollars to. Sorry, I'm drawing a blank on his name. But the, the kind of back-to-back Kumar Rocker and then the other guy you took, you're hoping that by 2025 that those guys are major players in your rotation and that you can maybe let an Evaldi go and you're now paying that 
position a million dollars instead of approximately 15 to 18 million dollars. But Nathan Nivaldi, he becomes a Texas Ranger. I like this projection from baseball reference. It doesn't mean it's going to come true, but I do like when they give us projections. They have Nathan Nivaldi projected to throw 133 innings in 2023. Okay, I can get behind that. That's nice. You would like it to be more in 2021 was a great year for him. Made the All-Star team. 32 starts out of pretty much, you can start 32 possible games for the most part. If you break it down, that's about the max you can get in starts. uh, Unless they're really pushing you a little bit on off days to not have off days. But he threw 32 starts in 2021, made the All-Star team, threw 182 innings. I don't think that is going to happen, but I also need more than last year where he threw 109 innings. Yeah, that that would be untenable. So I think that's where baseball reference is coming from. They look at it. By the way, he finished fourth in Cy Young voting in 2021, 11-9 with a 3.75 ERA, had 195 strikeouts. Uh, if you look at his his – FIP, which I'm not crazy about, but he led uh, the American League in his FIP at and 279. Quick, the FIP is kind of just a metric that's supposed to be like, like take, without your defense, just your yeah. pitching without your defense. And you defense take out considered. the ballpark type of deal. Gotcha. Like it's like, hey, the green monster screws you over sometimes and gives doubles that are outs and stuff like it's. I, I, and it does take a lot of into fielding too, mm-hmm. but it's 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 one of those weird things. And you look at last oh, fielding year. independent pitching, right? Yes. There we go. And I was so, like, what does this stand for again? And so you look at it, and he can be a guy though that struggles because I remember after 2018 going, man, I really wanted him, and in 2019, obviously the playoffs and pushing him a little bit, he got hurt. He had a five nine ERA, looked horrible. I remember having him on my fantasy baseball team and going, what the crap. Yeah, that's a great way to remember how a player played a certain year. Have yes. him on your fantasy team. And and so after that 2019 year, he bounced back. I really like him as a middle-of-the-rotation guy, but also this. And I don't think this is going to happen, especially to start the year. I know he's going to be a starter to start the year. But he can be a very valuable piece out of your bullpen if you wanted to bounce him back there. Huh. So if it wasn't working out, and this is where it's only a two-year contract, so you don't have to worry too much about this, but if it wasn't working out for some reason, you can kind of bounce him into your bullpen, and he did a great job in the playoffs in 2018, becoming this everything role in in the playoffs uh, out of the pen. But I look at Nathan Avaldi and I look at the Rangers, and you go, DeGrom is number one. Yes. I don't know if Avaldi's number two. He can be, but I think they're going to do this. This is my opinion. I think Martin Perez is going to start the second game of the season because you'll go righty, lefty, mm-hmm. and then righty, righty, whether it's Evaldi Gray or Gray Evaldi, either one. And then you'll have Heaney as your number five. And that splits up your lefties with Provided DeGrom. Heaney shows the way that he yes. and I think and I think he will be, as long as everybody's healthy, that will be your five man rotation in uh spring training or, or out of spring training. Yeah. With Dane Dunning, who might not even be ready at the start of the year, by the way. He had surgery in the offseason. That was on the hip, right? Yes. Uh and then you have uh Jake Odorizzi, you have Glenn Otto, you have depth now. Where last year, Glenn Otto was your third best starting pitcher, yeah. uh, pretty much. Uh, so, I mean, you look at now, he goes from your number three to your number seven or your number eight, which is great. Not great for Glenn Otto. I've been sure. in that situation. It stinks uh, that he might get bounced into the pen or just bounced in AAA and wait for people to get hurt yeah. to then go back up to the major leagues. But this rotation is pretty, pretty good. Like, I, I just look at it and go, 
how healthy can these guys be? And this is where baseball reference comes in, and it worries you a little bit because they only have Jacob deGrom throwing 101 innings. They have Nathan Avaldi wow. throwing 133 innings. Uh, I forgot Jonathan Gray off the top of my head, but they have him at 130 innings. And if the Rangers are going to be successful, it's going to be led by the starting pitching. I, I think that has that has now been formed in that DeGrom, Perez, Ivaldi, Gray, and Heaney, your five that I think are going to start the year in your rotation. That's your strength of your team. The offense is nice. It's a good offense. It's not a great offense, but it's a good offense. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, with with hitters, kind of six, seven, eight, nine, a lot of question marks on, on what they can do. And if six, seven, eight, and nine are getting on base only 27% of the time, like a 275 on base percentage, which could, could happen, uh, then you're like, well, crap, this isn't that good of an offense, even though if one through five is pretty good, if six through nine are automatic outs almost all the time, yeah, then that can scare you where I think you have a great chance to win every time one of those five guys takes the mound. So you need them to outperform the baseball reference projections on their innings pitched. Yeah, just showing up. I mean, you said 101 is the projection from baseball reference for DeGrom. Yes. That's about what, 15, 16 um, starts? Yeah, from him, you know, he doesn't throw, he can throw deep into games, but it's just, it's one of those things. I mean, for argument's sake, anywhere from like 15 to 20 starts is what they're saying. Yeah. And that, yeah. You, I, I mean, you, you need more than they that. They don't project games started. They just project innings pitched. Sure. And they have them at 101 innings pitched at a 2.85 ERA, which I'll take the 2.85 ERA. 100%. That'd be great. <laughs> Absolutely. But I need it closer to 150 innings. And I mean, the thing that I love about this is yes, you're right. You need to start games, you need to get just innings pitched out right. of this, this uh, rotation. This rotation has like four guys that I could easily see in the threes ERA or, oh, yeah. or lower, obviously. Yeah. And and that is, I think the goal, uh, you don't, the, I want to make this clear. Um, you don't, as a, a pitching coach, Mike Maddox, you don't go, hey, our goal is to have an ERA under sure. four. Of course. Because of course. the thing about sometimes setting long-term goals or goals like that, well, what if we get to a tough start? June, or a great start. What if what oh, if we're off to a great yeah. start and our ERA is 295 after 60 games and there's a 100 102 games left. Well, now I've set a, a number that is is too easily attainable. And, and you, so might, you might slack off or this something. This is where yeah. like Donnie Cockstein who works for the Mavericks, who used to work for the Rangers when I was there, you know, professional people who do the sports psychology stuff go setting sometimes long-term goals and specific numbers isn't the best because you can't also get off to your point, a bad start in our ERA after 30 games is a 5.5. I don't think it will be, sure. but now all of a sudden you've set a goal where you are looking at something that might not be attainable and you have a negative mindset because of what you've put in your mind of an attainable goal and you got off to a rough start. Let's change that. Let's change that goal. Let's not really put a number there. Let's, maybe have these short-term goals that end up equaling at the end a longer-term goal that we didn't set a specific number. Because if I say, I want to hit 30 home runs this year, right. and you hit 20 home runs at the All-Star break, well, now all I need to do is hit 10 more. Unless and you like reevaluate your right. goal or something at that point. I think point, there's a yeah. lot of reevaluation of goals. But hey, for, man, Mike, preach it for y'all on January 2nd. Go ahead yeah. and change the way that y'all view y'all New Year's resolution then. And, that's, and, and that is really, honestly, for New Year's resolution, it's better to set small-term mm-hmm. goals than to set one long-term goal. Because all it takes is, I want to stretch. I know I'm now getting off. I want to stretch every day. 
But it doesn't mean I got to make sure that if I don't stretch tomorrow, it doesn't mean, well, New it's Year's over. resolution right. done. Yeah. I'm never stretching, you know, for the next two weeks because I, I lost my goal. My goal is to stretch every day. But it doesn't mean if for some reason I miss a day that it's over. I just quit completely. Right. So you got to kind of have that right mindset. The Rangers, I like this team. And I will say this for the first time after the Nathan Avaldi sign, and I'll get this in real quick. I think they signed him out of nowhere because they were in on Michael Conforto. Michael Conforto signs a two-year contract. Corner outfielder. Yes, at $36 million. So the Rangers lose out on him. And I think they probably had that money ready to spend. Ray Davis probably went to Chris Young after Conforto, and I'd have to – I'm sorry off the top of my head. I forget what team he signed with. But when Conforto signed with another team, I think Ray Davis said, I want you to spend this money. And I think Chris Young had in the back of his mind Giants. Giants, thank yeah. you. Is I don't like the Giants offseason at all, but that's for another time. They just wanted to spend some money. Yeah. That's all they wanted to do. Is I think that in the back of his mind, Chris Young was like, I can even bolster the rotation a little bit more. And I, I thought they were done with the rotation. I, I thought, look, you got Dane Dunning, you got Glenn Otto, you got uh, Odorizzi, you got younger guys, uh, whether it's uh, Cole Wynn, whether it's Owen White, that maybe produce well in the first two to three months of a minor league season that you can call up. But they said, no, you know what? We can get this guy on a two-year deal, and he is a potential all-star starting pitcher. He has that potential and ability. So you have four guys in your rotation now that have the potential or ability to be a starting pitching all-star mm-hmm. in the American League. And that, if they stay healthy and they make, let's just say the five guys we named, make 120 to 130 starts total. Yeah. So that means you have to fill in 40 starts approximately with other guys. That gives you a chance to win 90 games. <laughs> because there won't be a lot of times that you look at a matchup and go, we we're, we have we're no in, shot. Yeah, and and I, I I shouldn't say names. I'm sorry. I do this. But I like being specific. I have to watch out. But Spencer Howard has potential. The guy you traded for from the Phillies from the Phillies. Yeah. But when Spencer Howard took the mound last year, from a fan standpoint, and I do believe also from a team standpoint, they felt like we got to score and we got to score a lot of runs today. Yeah. He's going to need some help. We just don't think or know that he can give us five innings of two runs or less. We're hoping that he can, but we don't believe that he can. And so when you go out and you're having to play 60 to a hundred games where you think you're outmatched on the mound, starting the game, they have a better pitcher. We don't have a guy that really can compete with that guy on the mound it makes it really tough to go out there and have a lot of confidence as a team. And so now I think for the most part, as long as you stay pretty healthy here, every time your pitcher takes the mound, you feel like we can win. He can beat that guy. I mean, Jonathan Gray going up against Framber Valdez. Yes. Houston is better on the mound than right. Jonathan Gray. Sure. Jonathan Gray can go out and give you seven shutout innings and strike out 10 guys. Like he can do that. Where when you looked at, Nothing against Dane Dunning or Glenn Otto or Spencer Howard or, you know, name yeah, a few other. it's just others. a clear distinction it's just, you're in like, level. Yeah. Dude, what we're hoping for here is five innings, three runs. But five innings, three runs against Framber Valdez will lose 90% of the time. Right. And so now I look at it and go, they can win 90 games. And I'll get into it tomorrow. The Achilles Hill now of the Texas Rangers, why I don't think they will win 90 games tomorrow. I know I'm already teasing ahead. I like this team. I think they can win 90, but if they don't correct this thing, I don't think they will win 90. Mm, Baseball Nuggets is back, baby. 
Baseball Nuggets is back January 2nd, 2023. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, and like he said, you can tune in tomorrow on the KNC Masterpiece 1040 and get some more of the Rangers. But look, man, I understand this is the home of the Rangers on 105 through the fan, but you want to hear about the Cowboys. So let's talk a little bit, Cowboys. How much do you care about playing your best football this time of year? We'll talk about that next on 105 through the fan.